Welcome to a podcast. A good podcast about board games and my wife. A very good podcast in which I persuade her. Also, let's not start by saying very good. We don't understand it yet. Is it, yeah, but it's ironic. Why is it ironic? What's the irony? I think maybe this is a good intro. <laughs> very good joke, to be honest. Have you just are. joined us like mid mid sentence? <laughs> what are you saying? Are you yeah, they were like they were my warm up jokes. Like you know when like a, a com- comedian or like a presenter comes to st- oh but hello everybody but but, but but you know when like a presenter comes to stage and they're like you're your own hype man. Yeah, you, you have like you have like a person that comes out and he's like hey how's about your town and then they get like yeah, warmed the hype up. person. I'm that for myself for you as well. Welcome to Board Games with My Wife, a verbal games podcast with me Jack and my wife Lottie. Hi, I think it's the end of the year and you just nailed that intro. Thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> to be fair, this is like 29, 30 times. Uh, it might but, be episode 30. No, I think it's episode 29. Uh, it might be episode 30, to be fair. But we've done it more than that because a couple of times we've done it and the episodes have disappeared and then we've cried. Such is life. But there we go. It's at the time of record. This is a danger, like danger high zone. danger, high octane record. We're because went to the danger zone. Okay, because, because I will tell you, I'm baking two loaves of bread in the oven... They've overproved, so they look like monster loaves. They do. At some point, the, the time, time is going to go, go off. off. Also, it's it's later. In, it's not evening, but it's yeah. later in the day. So we're in, so we're in that. We're in the witching hour where we could be going crackers as yeah. it goes along. We could but you know, we'll see how we get on. Yeah, it's also at the time of the record, the twentieth of December. Decembre. Decembre. So the festive season it's a is a foot. A foot is upon us. It's a weird festive season. It's a this weird year. festive season for what probably with, everybody across across yeah. the world. What so with the pandemic and all, it doesn't really go with no, it doesn't go with the vibe of festivity. No. But you know, I hope everyone stays safe and makes the most of what they can make. Yeah, um, we hope yeah. you have access to some games. If you haven't got access to people, we hope you have some great solo games and some lovely and Zoom lot, calls ahead of you. Yeah, and a lot of games these days, blessings can be played solo. <laughs> Sorry, really sad, didn't it? Uh, but, they, but they can, and, and like I say, I really hope that you 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 know you you, you do what you need to do, but, make, yeah. but stay safe and make sure that you know you keep yourself mentally mentally well over the period. Yeah. And Give yeah. yourself loads of love. It's, it's, but anyway, what we meantime, normally do. Oh, in yeah. the meantime, I was just gonna say we're gonna chat some shit. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the thing. You could listen. To, you could listen to this and be like, oh, it's like I've got two annoying right, people God in my house. They're not here. Yeah, um, but I was saying we're gonna cover as we do. At this time of year, yep. our best, our best, our favourite, the top, yep. are the 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 yeah, exactly of of twenty twenty games wise, board games wise. We, I'll just concisely sum what, up what, what you just said. Yeah. We're going to be reviewing our favourite games published in twenty twenty, just in case Jack's ramble didn't quite. Well, make you it. say published in twenty twenty, but let's get to that when we get there, shall we? <laughs> uh, but but this has been an, this has been an odd year for us. I think what's telling this year is as as you if you listen to the episode of the show before, you'll know that I've got like a little nerdy library spreadsheet that I keep <laughs> of the game. And this year is one of our lowest like intake of games yeah. years. We've we've got so few new games this year. We just haven't really. Well, also played so well, few and games. that's the thing. Not only not only not got them, we yeah. haven't played them. Like I think the combination of a pandemic and developing your own board game is a bit of a, a, a naughty mix if you're trying to play board games. I mean, just for reference, just just for oh, that's, oh, that, God. no that's one's going to be interested. That's not in even this. worth referencing. Jesus, that's not even worth what? referencing. 2019 was a very gamey year for us. So in 20, <laughs> so so, so, so in, in 2020, we've added. 10 games from the year into our collection. We played more of the games that came out. Yeah. We've added those into our collection. In 2019, we added 53. 
That deserves a moment of silence. Bloody hell, that's Now, technically, amazing. we might have bought some of those in 2020, obviously. We couldn't have bought them in 2018, because time machine, time travel wouldn't exist, no, that's, you see. Yeah, not but, yet. Yeah. I think also that's, um, in 2019, we went to Essen, we went to UKGE, like, we were all up in the business of games conventions. I wonder, people... That's probably our biggest year, though, isn't it? That's a massive year, but... Yeah. Listeners, tell us what have your game acquiring habits been like this year? Have yeah. you noticed a slump with, you know, pandemic and finances and worry, etc.? Or are you like, you know, I'm going to get some yes. games to entertain me? Have you have your collections grown? Yeah, 2019 is definitely our biggest year. 20, 2018 is 44. That's not bad. Yeah, but, but I think I think that those numbers are fudged because I think a lot of those Essen, a lot of purchases we made last year at Essen, yeah. we bought a lot of games and a lot of those games came out in that year. So therefore, that's probably why it's yes. caused that massive yeah, spike. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this year, we bought, we, we bought 10. <laughs> yes. But let us tell you about our favourite 10. These are also, they're the ones that we bought. We played more games published over the year. Yeah. Um, a board game cafe is when we've been able to. Digitally, and if we've had to. Yeah, yeah. And with friends. Mm-hmm. Um but let us tell. Oh, I don't know, but before we get to that, before we get to that, hold what your horses. How have you got a plug? Back in the stable, I've got a plug. If you'd like to make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy this little section, don't go away to make a cup of tea. Take me in your ears. Go to the kettle, and I'll tell that you. That sounds about. like you're like a tiny little borrower person. I'm like, hello. I'm like, what's her name? Sophie in the BFG sitting well, on. No, she's ear. normal size. The borrowers yeah, but, are actually tiny. Yeah, but you couldn't fit a borrower on in on your ear. I think you could. I haven't seen the borrowers in a long time. I think I you don't shove think a borrower you could. in your ear. I, let's have a look at the scale. How big, of the how big is a borrower? Right. Wait, pause the podcast. How big is a borrower? Scale of borrowers. The first result is from the Telegraph, which thanks for looking hmm. like they're great about observation. They're... Is borrowers would be scientifically impossible? Study shows. <laughs> great. Thank you. They, they would. They're about five to six inches tall, which is ten to twelve centimeters. So you could like the size of a rat. Or you couldn't shove one in your ear, but they could probably hang on your ear. They could probably. You could probably get like a seating thing going, and they could like sit on your ear, and you could travel around. With I them. think the more usual thing is to ride on your shoulder. However, though. Obviously, a child borrower will be half that size. But I'm not a child. But if oh, that's true, you're not a child. So if we procure a child, shrink it to borrow a size, and then it can tell you about the plug. <laughs> Is the kettle on? Are you ready? Are you following? <laughs> I'm not sure if I am. Anyway, please do follow us on social media. Uh, we're at Birdwood Games on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love you to come and join the party. We're having a great time over there. We would also so appreciate it if you reviewed the podcast. We got. So you're laughing. You're laughing because we got the review that I think aptly describes us. Our to, life. To this is our life. This is me. If I was to describe myself in in a sentence, it would be and this: inconsistently enjoyable. Some episodes fall flat, but for me, it's a decent listen. I, I think you replace episodes with anything, and that's just me. That's our life. Yeah, but still four stars. So thank Sometimes you. Sometimes it falls flat, but you know, slightly on the whole, disappointed person. Yeah. We still appreciate you being here very much. But if you come over and give us a few, give us five. And then... And say how, how like, average we are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. Let me know how many episodes fall flat for you. That would be lovely. Anything else to plug? I don't think so. I've done the socials. I've done the podcast. We're on. Now you can take us to the next section. If you like. Okay, I'll, let's go. Um, <laughs> we're talking about what's caught our eye in the last few days and weeks of the year. Yeah, so a couple of things that caught my eye. As always, I come with research, you know, oh, as right, by yeah. now you'll know this is about me. I'm very fastidious. Um, oh, so... not this word again. <laughs> Anyways, but you can start us off because I know you come with research too. No, you're starting because I'm tying into what you say. Well, that would work, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I'm going to start... It's as if I've planned the show. It's as if you've planned the show and told me these things beforehand. They're like, right, you need to say these things and then I'll say these things and I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll be all right on the night. Yeah. 
that's my attitude. It'll be all right on the night. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you know it what falls that flat. is. That's privilege. That's just privilege. Being no, it's active. Being all right on the night is fine. And then sometimes it's not all right. But you're like, oh well, you know, oh well. Tell us what's caught your so eyes. So what's the worst that could happen, isn't it? end of the day what's the worst that could happen i don't know dr pepper right anyway so what's caught my eye? one thing that's really caught my eye and caught a lot of my attention over the last uh, give or take a few weeks and will will into the next year is virtual play testing mm-hmm. so as you as you may know listeners we've been developing and designing a game for well over a year now uh we are we are in a really great position with that game um, one of the key parts of game design and game development is play testing and having people who don't know you particularly play test the game because they can give you some very honest feedback which is very useful and there is a challenge obviously during this time a lot of that would happen with naff cardboard cutouts of the game when you meet yeah. up and then you play a play, play a version of it there's lots there's lots of meets that take place wherever you are in the world uh, but that's obviously you can't get to those it's very challenging there is a group called virtual playtesting they the group is on facebook but they have a discord server and i've been going there it's going to they have a session on monday and a session on thursday it's uk time uk time of six sure o'clock in the us time as well they they they, they, they play so they seem to play for quite a long time so mm. i assume it's probably that they they take different yeah. different different time, time zones, zones yeah. but it, it starts at six o'clock uk time gmt whatever that is for you i think that's cst as well um so it's six o'clock and, it, and it's technically i think it's supposed to finish at like 11 but it never does it just carries on um anyway so it's yeah so it's a really it's it's a really great group what is first and foremost everybody in there is so nice yeah. and that is really great everyone's really nice really supportive and and they really help you make sure you get your game to the thing it's got a really well managed spreadsheet which obviously i appreciate quite a lot oh, um, we go. it's got a really well managed spreadsheet that allows people to come in put their games on and then they get loaded up and people try each other's games you try some games yeah. and, and it's brilliant it's a really great group everyone in there is really nice and it's really well run really well organized yeah. i've been to a couple and other things like, before, and it's, this is one of the best organizers i've seen and it's a free and it's free exactly it's free, like you could you know very easily imagine paying for something like this but it's an amazing free service that brings together the community and encourages new and experienced designers alike and i think it's just been an incredible yeah. time for us this so year hasn't it's it? called virtual playtesting uh vpt yeah uh, and I'll put a link to it's on it it's on notes. it's on facebook but the, yeah. the, the server's on discord and they use tabletop simulator or tabletopia whichever whichever you prefer mainly tabletop simulator so bear that in mind when you join uh, but i i would honestly check it out and play some yeah. games play some games that are could yeah. be one in five years time the hit games yeah. you think i played that when it was like you know Best games of 2025 exactly yeah, yeah. yeah when it was whatever it was yeah yeah on the back of that the thing that's caught my eye one of the things that's caught my eye this week are our brilliant so appreciated virtual play testers who also happen to be listeners and you know who you are and we're so thankful that you got in touch to say that you'll help support and test our game we really couldn't be making it without you so just the biggest thanks um, the biggest you're yeah. the nicest people and mm-hmm. we feel so lucky that we're you know reaching out and making yes. connections and friends with you across um the internet and just a huge thanks. I do have another thing that's caught my eyes. Well. What else has caught you? Got more things. More things. That's a bit greedy, isn't it? A bit, it's a bit greedy, yeah. Um, but this one's more caught my ears. Like a little borrower. Yes, get the like borrower. A tiny little borrower. <laughs> a child borrower. So this is a podcast, and a very good podcast. This is one of my top board game podcast of 2020 so if you're interested in the whole list hop over to birdwoodgames.co.uk where you'll find my top five board game podcasts like of cross the year marketing cross-platform engagement there you you're on this it's as if i know kind of what i'm doing but the one that i specifically wanted to mention was the podcast who can play at that game which is hosted by pete and andrew and they have a fantastic rapport together they are really witty really funny you can really hear their friendship and chemistry shining through the podcast but the reason i love what they're doing is that who can play at that game is specifically about two player games and 
whilst Jack and I play a whole variety of games and sometimes we manage to ensnare people to play them and with us, we do play a lot of two-player games. So hearing reviews and ideas and um, inspiration for other two-player games that are fun is always super, super welcome. Yes, it is. And Pete and Andrew just package it up in the most entertaining way possible. That's It's a great read, great podcast. We like listening to podcasts. Uh, What's the great read? The, your article. Oh, I see. Have you actually read it? <laughs> I'm aware of it. I'm aware of its presence. I'm aware of what's on the list. Yeah, if you'd like to see um, the rest of the list, like I say, it's over on exactly. Burger Games. I'm aware of its presence, okay. you know. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> but I've actually got a game for us to actually say Oh my what's God, we've got four things that have caught oh, our eyes. That, I know. A thing I, for each eye. A thing for each eye. A thing oh for each individual eye of scanning around the room. Mine is, um, on. it's on Kickstarter, I've started right now. It is an expansion for the board game Vindication. Oh, we love Vindication. We love Vindication. Vindication is a game that I think is probably very hard to get hold of in store. It's one of those... Ex- oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. We got ours on the second wave. This is the third wave of Kickstarter, effectively. There was original Vindication, and there was the first expansion, now there's a second expansion. Oh, wow. So, or, or, I don't know if it's actually technically a second, but it's another expansion. Yeah. So, it, it seems to be going around on Kickstarter. I think you probably can get it in store, but it's one of those games that's yeah, not widely stocked. it's going stocked. to Kickstarter. Because it's a big, it's a big beastie box it's, it's 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 not that big it's pretty big where is it where is it down there it's this down there somewhere on the floor because it can't take up a shelf space it's too big to fit on the shelves i don't believe you oh i don't know why oh no it's at the top it's at the top it's actually on that shelf there i knew i shouldn't believe you it's still pretty it's big not that big that's a regular size that's box. on its side i don't think it's outrageous i've seen big boxes right. i have <laughs> all right i don't know about you all right anyway so Vindication is a... How to describe Vindication? It does so many things, and to describe it, it's almost its own episode, possibly. Yeah. But it's... you. Lots of different things are happening. You're kind of moving around this map. Every game is different. You're interacting with different things, doing different actions, loads of really cool things. It's got loads of, like, mini expansions that you can add in different ways to change the game each time. You're collecting things, competing. It's actually... It's really good. It's a really yeah. great experience. It's really it's really seamless. It's really quick. And it's like, yeah, it's really great. The, ex- the expansion that's just been announced is Chronicles, which adds a bit more story layer to kind of your backstory kind of thing and there's a few bits going on that seems interesting to be fair but I think the main thing is actually has a chance for people to actually go and get it um, get yeah. Vindication itself yeah. it's active for another seven days I think roughly from when this is out so you probably if you're listening to this in 2021 sorry you're too late you might better do a late pledge but if not you've got a chance I would check it out it's one of our go-to games because we'll play that yeah. quite regularly because it's very different each time yeah. it feels fresh yeah for that's sure. vindication. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> I kind of, with with expansions, I kind of feel like, is it worth like because you just don't know, do you? With an expansion, you don't like, know. should I back the Kickstarter? But I'm excited. Vindication is great, and if you haven't got it, I think this I is think, worth yeah. checking out for that because yeah. I think you probably could usually with these you can get the original game and, the, and all the bits and bobs yes. that came with it. And I think it's worth checking out for that. Yes, fascinating. Well, should we talk about our top ten games published in 2020? How are we doing it? Five each. I think we'll do it five each. Five each. Okay. Do you want to start? How did we do it last year? Five inch? I, I don't know. Sorry, the dog snoring again. Such is life. Is he, can you hear him snoring on the, on the thing? I cut a lot of it out, but I think if you listen carefully, you'll be able to hear his little grunt. There you we go. roll his little head. He's like, get off. <laughs> right, okay. So I'll start us off then, shall I? I think they're kind of shared favourites, aren't they? They're shared favourites. I think some of them Some of them are more you than me, some of them are more me than you. So I'm going to start us off by cheating. Oh, um, what are you starting off with? Huh? So I'm starting us off with a game that technically technically came out in 2019 i believe um well i purchased it in 2019 certainly because i remember purchasing it purchasing it but technically i think it was kickstarted and released in 2020 okay we're getting away with the technicality in the so, first round yeah so i i am i am i am let me just still just double check my information to make sure i'm not chatting um out on my backside it was 
released to Essen, but unless you got it at Essen, you were unable to get it till 2020. So I have used the technicality. Yeah, we'll give you the technicality. You don't have to keep explaining it. Fine. Just in case. So, so I am going to include, starts off with an expansion. Great, great, great way to start off. Starts off with an expansion to one of my favourite games, and that is Everdale. Oh, who's surprised? Are you surprised, listener? I'm no, surprised. no one's surprised. So the, the expansion is so the, actually the expansion I'm choosing is Spirecrest. So there were two expansions yeah. that came out: Spirecrest and Belfair. Belfair is kind of like a nice to have expansion. I wouldn't say it's essential. It adds a bit yeah. more flavour to the game for people that played it a few times. But Spirecrest adds a whole new element to the game. Yeah, and it adds this exploring element with the seasons that are affecting different things, and it just kind of it adds something more weighty. It adds these gorgeous like big animal meeples that you're riding around, and it kind of adds like a adventure side to the game that your yeah. city is helping to contribute towards and it's kind of like that is it's a really interesting because what Everdale is a worker placement game effectively mm-hmm. resource management small bits of engine building and then kind of like a, a, a point salad style game where you're kind of combining all the different things and then being like I've, I've got all these points at the yeah. end uh, this is then like adding a to a degree point to point movement but it's kind of more it, you you will move through it all mm-hmm. and it's but it's like uh, choosing different bonuses or positive or negative yeah. effects that happen and interacting with it in that way and trying to navigate that and and balancing something else yeah. it does like a, it, we've spoken about this, these before and this before but it does lift the game to a little like, layer of just Definitely. a slight layer of complexity as I, all expansions do yeah. I think I don't well know actually I think with Belfair whilst yes there's a level of you have to know how the expansion works I think it adds do you mean, do you mean Belfair? Yeah. yeah I think it adds more of the same to the game yes. I think with Spirecrest it adds something different to the game which I think it makes it a better in my opinion makes it a better expansion it feels also, like an expansion yeah. it feels more like actually to be fair yeah, it, it feels like Belfair feels like an add-on where it's like additional content and slightly tweaking, but nothing crazy. And then, and then BioQuest feels like an expansion where you're expanding that same content where it's mm. not going to be, you know, it's different. If you know Everdale, you'll need to learn this expansion. You won't need to quickly yeah. work it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my first one. So that I, th- off. I think fair enough, but Everdale yeah. <laughs> is a, um, a, a real store of a game. And I think Jack and I like playing with all the expansions and so having them all out just makes it into this really impressive, both yes. in terms of table presence and play, um, a really impressive and um, rewarding game to play. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to do an expansion first because I think that's a bit of a, a wet squib, a damp squib. A wet squib? A wet lettuce, I don't know. Some Something's moist. Something has got moist, it shouldn't have got moist. Um, Spinach. Oh, First game that I'm going to talk about is Monumental by Funforge. And oh, sorry. Everdale's by Starling Games. Who didn't know that? Did you not know? <laughs> Did any, was anyone unaware? Uh, Everdale's by Starling Games. You're going to edit that back in at that point, aren't you, to make me look really smooth and cool? I don't think so. Yeah, cool, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying, Monumental is by Funforge. And Monumental is a natty little game. And I say natty little game and I mean complex large game. Yeah, it's not exactly like a natty little game. It's not like, oh, this is a card game. We've got this natty one. Um, it's a 90 to 120 minute game and is a memorable play experience because it has a surprising amount of things going on at once. And I don't mean that to say that you would look at the box and it looks simple, but I mean there are so many different mechanics in this game, it almost feels like the designers couldn't choose which ones to keep. But I kind of feel like, fair enough, because I think I wouldn't take any of them out either, but there are a lot of things going on at once. So Yes, there are. In Monumental you have a 3x3 grid of cards that you are activating to combine and activate abilities and then you also have a board which you're moving troops across explorers across Mm -hmm. you then also have like these heroes from throughout time that you can recruit to help your cause Mm -hmm. so it's like there's there's a it's like a civ builder kind of thing as well it's a civilization builder so the game describes itself as the player with the most impressive civilization at the end of the game will be remembered for all time and they'll also win the game so it is a civilization builder 
it's a, I have a bit of a problem with civilization builders that aren't basically genties because I don't really feel like you're building a civilization. I feel more like you're playing a game, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't feel like I'm getting the process of time, masses of time passing. But this, oh, the bread, the bread. Hold that thought. Hold the thought. Okay, I'm back. But Do you want to know how the bread turned out? Massive. Well, one, I think I told you, listeners, that I overproved it. And for one, one loaf coped okay, and the other one now looks like morph, so... You win some, you lose That's some. That's 50%. 50% of the audience happy. That's all right. You done well. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, Monumental, I was telling you that it was... I was saying that Monumental is a civilization builder that doesn't really feel like you're building a civilization. It more feels like you are making uh, combinations. Combining things, yeah, yeah, combining yeah. things uh, managing your presence on the board. But that's all fine. I don't have any problem with that. No, I always feel in a, in a, civ, in a civilization builder, one thing I, I like and don't like is obviously when you bring in like historical characters or technologies. I, yeah, I don't but like then, that. But then the problem is, is because then you're losing like William Shakespeare in like future tech, it just feels weird. Yeah. And then when you're like, I've got this technology all the way up to plasma energy coils yeah. but I'm using spears it's just like yeah. what? what's There's it? some what disparity yeah. which I think it's not like all find... at once it's yeah. not like a big bump and everything goes yes. at once which is why I like genties because it moves a lot yes. like you feel like you're progressing but I think there will be players who enjoy the disparity of William Shakespeare and plasma guns like you, just, <laughs> you know people might do that and I do not, I don't have this isn't a criticism I'm monumental it's more of an observation which is what knobheads say I'm sure this is not a criticism it's an observation um but it is an incredible game because there's so much going on. There's so much richness in this game. You can get so much from mm. it. I love the three by three. That is one grid. of the interesting. I was so like chuffed with that when yeah. I saw that was that mechanic. Yeah. That so that's doing it. Um, to explain. You have a three by three grid of cards which you are shuffling out from your own personal player deck, and you can upgrade them as you go. And you're trying to make the best combinations possible. So it's like it's a combination of luck, of Where planning, comes, of strategy, yeah. Yeah. and then because of... you activate the rows and columns, don't you? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen that in a game before and I was like yes I love this and yeah. I think that 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 like, by itself was interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. I would play that on its own yes. and, I think, and I'm sure the designers of the Monumental well, were really chuffed about I that. also think sometimes with because with, with, it's got a very heavy area control element to it and often with area control games you're not you don't really like air, doing the area control part it's not your vibe you just like Me, yeah, 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 yeah. which yeah. was actually funny enough going to do what I'll talk about talk about next but yeah. you, it's not really your vibe so therefore you kind of ignore those parts and you're off doing something else over there and then it's like Oh yeah, I've got to do this other thing, and it's just like so. Yeah, it's kind of it, that's yeah. Area control really isn't your is, isn't your jam, is it? Which in Monumental, it's quite nice because it's a game that forgives that. It's not. I think that's what yeah. I, I what I like about an area control game is when they forgive that. Like yeah. they, when it's not like that's the main thing. If you don't I don't do it, mind lose. area presence. I just mind area control. Like you, you don't like to... conflict. You're a very peaceful person, which is a fantastic trait. But you don't like conflict. You're like well, uh, uh, speaking of which, I guess on to the next game. Yeah, go on. So the next game, you not liking conflict, is a massive game. This is probably one of the, the heaviest games we've got in our house. This would kill. This would, this probably could kill, eclipse. Oh, but it's not a heavy. No, heavy is in weight. weight. As in, if you yeah, throw it at somebody, you actually struggle to yeah. throw it at somebody, and then then they would be broken to pieces. It is bonkers how large the boxes it's like what <laughs> having it's played it eclipse it's... second dawn for the galaxy by lautipil fi Lautipil. beautiful pronunciation I, I think that was perfect to be honest <laughs> so eclipse is a mega 4x style space game where you what take does 4X on 4x mean when it's at home you can you, you know you've done this before what is what i've done this before what is it you get is it 4x's for, for them that they're 4x's they're but, EX's. They're, but they're ex's exactly yeah escape no, that's not that. Excitement. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what are you doing? In a, what are you doing in the game? In experience. Yeah, having an experience. Yes. But what are you doing in the game? Can't like, you just give me a clue. Like, what's the first one? What's the first X? Okay. So, what do you do when you're doing space? What do you do to space? 
When I'm doing space. When you're out in space, what, what do, do I... you do? What was the main thing? Explore. Explore. Yes. Okay. Extract. No. Examine. No. This could go on a while. <laughs> do you want to give us the other Expand. three? Expand. Do we do that in space? No, we don't. Exploit and exterminate. I don't do any of those things in space. Those, those are the four. I think I'm pretty sure it's all going to be like, the four X, the four X, such an hour. I'm pretty sure they're the four Anyway, but that's the, the, the vibe of the game. It's, it's another type of civ builder because basically you're expanding your civilization out and then you're exploiting the the environment in terms of resources Boo. and, you know, cap, 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 capitalism and fucking colonization and all that horrible stuff. Um, and, then, and then you're then you're, you're exploring and then you're expanding, you're exploiting, and then you're eventually exterminating because you're wiping out your opponents. It's kind of the, kind of the vibe of it. Um, so Eclipse is that with a big space theme. You take on one of these one of these races and you're doing that. I've heard a lot of people say it's like a it's like a light Twilight Imperium. Oh, so Twilight Imperium is 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 is, a mo- is one of those, but like monster, like yeah. four to eight hour play length. Yeah. This actually was very brisk. That was one of the things that was. I was surprised at how brisk this was. Like it was like it was seven rounds, and it was like oh bang 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 we're done, bang bang yeah. we're done. Which is why I feel a bit slightly catfished by large games that are then like that well it took me longer to hour. set up and learn yeah. than it did for us to play it and yeah. I was like oh okay um, but one of the things in, in this game as you can imagine you are building up your big space fleets and moving them around and how many ships did you have for the entirety of the game one <laughs> <laughs> So in this giant space fleet game where you're building up fleets, building bigger ships, you started off with you start off with one of the tiniest ship, like a little fighter ship. That's all you had for the whole game. <laughs> that was it. I don't, the thing is, and I can see what and this is definitely one that you prefer more yes, than it me. Is. Um and I can see why people would love this. A big part of the game is customising ships to then go to war, and I just care for naught about it, either. It, you did. At one point though, I had my massive fleet amassed on your borders, and it was like your little piddly shit, and you were just basically asking me not to attack you. You were like, Can you not attack me, please? I can't defend myself. This is what is a good is an advantage of being married to the person that likes to build yes. a huge fleet. Is you're like, if you do, I'll divorce you. Um, <laughs> so I'm more of a kind of like emotional blackmail player than an yes, actual. You are, that's, actually, that's your fleet. Your fleet is actually. But to be fair, what was interesting is that it was Jack won, which is fair enough because he actually played the game as it should be played. But I came in a very close second. <laughs> it was actually to be fair by exploring because you explored a lot and you got a lot of points from collecting things and doing sort yeah. of and completing certain. And your civilization actually was filled up quite a large amount of the map. Because you were just ha- darting I, around. I had colonised and I hadn't been aggressive, which I think I should be rewarded for. Well, yeah, but you colonised all these poor planets and poor peoples. Yeah, but we're not, we're, not, we're not standing over them with warships, at least. Yeah, That's better. Then you're going to get an uprising. You're not keeping them in order. I don't, I don't mind. You don't mind your uprising? <laughs> if they feel like they're being kept in order, I kind of feel like power to the people. So power to the yeah. So, so Eclipse was a really great experience. I think this would be good with different numbers. We played it two players. Still, it was yeah. actually still a really fun experience, yeah, two players. Uh, the map's obviously a lot bigger, a lot, a lot bigger, but there's obviously more space in the map yeah. for two players. Obviously, with, with more players, there will be less space. Well, you do so get more tiles. You get some more, some more tiles, but there'll still be... You want to be on the centre bits of the map, yeah. so it's like there's going to be I would conflict. recommend, though, for, the, for Eclipse, I think that you need to, like the idea of customising and, and upgrading a spaceship yes. or a fleet of spaceships because if you don't dig you, the sound of yeah. that maybe don't get this one but if you yeah. do then definitely If you like the out. idea of mo- if you if you've been I think if you've been interested in Twilight Imperium and thought oh this is I've heard all the, the scary yeah. stories about how long this takes and I'm, who the hell am I going to get to the table with and you need at least three people to play it etc etc yeah. this is might be an interesting one for you to have a look at because this yeah. is this is not as scary as that and I think it's actually it's, it was like I say, surprisingly smooth when we started playing yeah. it yes Yes, interesting. Thank you very much. That was Eclipse. So, from the space 
to the Oceans, let me tell you about my next game on the list, which is Oceans by North Star Games. And Oceans is a sibling to Climate Evolution, which Jack and I have played and enjoyed. And like Evolution Climate, Ocean shares the same really beautiful, vivid watercolour artwork, which is an incredible element to the game. It's gorgeous. It is really gorgeous and really enhances the play. It does feel like you're in a tropical ocean full of beautiful fish. The other brilliant thing about oceans in terms of art and components is brilliant fish tokens, which are adorable, tactile, and I'm obsessed with. Yes, they are. They are great. I shall tell you slightly about the game. So Oceans is a game of a changing ecosystem in which you are building an interactive engine that um, you're designing and tweaking with each turn. So um, it's for two to four players, plays for 60 to 90 minutes, so it's a really nice uh, playtime. Not snappy, but it's not going to take up your whole afternoon. Um, and the thing that I like about Oceans is that they have um, cards you can build your engine with, which are regular Ocean cards, easy peasy, very straightforward, but then they also have what they, is called the Deep, and these Deep the cards deep. are um, like odd, lesser-known fish uh, that live in the deeper parts of the ocean. And what's really cool about this deck is they um, tend to give better bonuses, but there is a risk-reward element of taking them, so you can lose points. Um, and I think Oceans is a lovely one if you're looking to do a bit of gentle education around marine life, or if you're looking to add a um, a very sm- kind of... I don't want to say the word gentle again, but it's very relaxing engine building, isn't it? It's like it doesn't feel like high competition. No. There is a little bit of like you can eat each other's um, fish. Fish. So there's a bit of predating going on, but it's kind of like it's not as aggressive. No, that is the crack. And, and also yeah. for those that are playing Evolution Climate, or I think I don't know if it happens in other Evolution games, that is very aggressive. Yeah. Like you can wipe out species of an opponent, and it's yeah. like, oh, I, I I couldn't stop that. Whereas this one, it puts some controls in place to be like, yeah. okay, yeah, I, you've I gone think, low, but you don't have to yeah. die. And I think that's because in Evolution Climate, it's more of a battle. It's a survival of the fittest vibe. Yeah. Whereas in Oceans, it's more like there's a an infinite amount of this type of animal. Yes, yes. Um, and you're not going to wipe us out. You're just yeah. going to reduce our numbers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, lovely game. Yeah, really lovely game. The fish, the fish maples is just... Yeah, they are good. Kissy hands. Yeah, they are kissy hands. That's what you have to say. You go, kissy hands. No one does that. No oh. people do that. Some people might do that. Mm. So from space to the oceans, back to space. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, gonna... I wish people could have seen the... My dance? Yeah. Well, that's for you. That's for your eyes only. Oh, thank you. Um, so, back to space. Stella by Renegade Games. Yeah, it's one of my faves. Well, you a really like this one. And I really like this one, to be fair, as well. That's why it's on the list. And I, I think that it's probably one of you... What, it fits that bill of it's a two-player two player card game, which I think is one of those things that's a really sweet spot for us. And in Stella, what you're basically doing is it's basically like a set collection game. You're collecting sets of planets, satellites. You're collecting these different kind of suits in a different set. And you're building out this... It's got a great table presence because you're kind of flipping and building out this um, telescope as you, as, as you do that. And you're trying, to, you're trying to create certain sets and score in certain zones and obviously you have to keep an eye on what your opponent's collecting because you want the most of certain things and they might want something and it's just got some really interesting ways of drawing cards in terms of putting stuff in and taking stuff out and kind of moving the cards around mm-hmm. really light really fun tiny little box great table presence it will yeah. be actually surprisingly big on a table like you would need quite a lot of space for it because you're, you're yeah. too big you're too big telescopes um but yeah really 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 quick one, and also information about space and those kinds of things. And yeah. it, it, it's nice to have a kind of if this felt quite a different vibe for a two for like a set collection game that was two players. I and think it, it felt really well. Like the makers of Stella thought we're not going to be 
constrained by the fact that we are a two-player card game, which yeah. should be relatively simple. There's a couple of quite neat little mechanics going along. It's not just drafting, it's yeah. not just engine building. That You've got to have your wits about you. There's a few things that as a player you need to be balancing. So yes. it's not like, you know, a fox in the forest or Jaipur or that kind of thing mm. where... It's more of a you're playing it through. You're giving what the, you're kind of responding to what the game gives you. Yeah, there, there, there is there is. I think that's a really interesting point actually because it's it's that kind of vibe of it's that step up in terms of you are planning. You're trying to plan and execute a strategy. Yeah. Now, it might not always work, but where you you're not just you're not just responding to what's happening. You're thinking. I'm going for this, so therefore I need to do this, this, and this. And you know, if this doesn't happen, then maybe I can try this. But that, this is what my end goal is. It's kind, yeah. kind of like if you don't think about that, you won't compete because because it's you know you need to score yeah, need to, to work, work out how that works. Yeah, so really, really interesting one, Stella. Small game, but but a lot of fun. Yeah. Next one on my list is one I think I'm about to get penalised for. Um, oh dear. And I've got the clipboard. Oh dear. And that's Cartographers by Thunderworks mm. Games, which I was sure was published mm. in 2020 because it won... Let me check the annals it of won, history. It um, won some awards this year. So if we went on to that... Now, I know I did discuss a game that was published in 2020, but however, however, I think I had a fair exclusion. Cartographers was published in 2019. But what are won, your excuses? It won an award this year for Best New... That always happens. Think about the Oscars. The Oscars happened the following year. Most of the most of those films were yeah, released but, the previous yeah, year. Yeah, but we would then say that's Oscar season of 2020 or Oscar season. Would you say the film came out in 2020 though? I'd say it's of the Oscars. No, season, you wouldn't. You say it came out in the year it came out. <laughs> you wouldn't though, because when you think back, like, you think, okay, what won the Oscar that year? You don't think. Okay. Then, oh no. When did? Was about to be a test. When did? When did? When did Get Out come out? That doesn't count because that wasn't released in Oscar, Oscar season. When did it come know. out? It came out in 2017, but it came out in the summer. Yeah, and then what happened? What was it, when, was it, when was it nominated for an Oscar? Yes, but it came out much Oh, here we go. Is, so there's, there's rules. There's different rules. No, it came out in 2018, and that's the rules. It came out in 2018, 2018 Oscar season, apparently. Okay, you're going to have to give me a pass on this because it's on my list. <laughs> um, and I really like it, and I want to talk about it. Um, so Cartographers, which is getting an honorary mention, even though it's published in 2019, don't know one, is a roll and write that Jack and I finally played the other weekend. Um, and well, it's, not, it's kind of a card and draw, draw and draw, isn't it? A draw and draw. What do you do in the game? You draw cards, and then what do you do when you draw those cards? No comment. You read the draw and draw. Um, so, Cartoon Jack and I's uh, collection of something and something um, games, <laughs> normally roll and write, is growing at quite an impressive pace. Um, it is, yes. It's something that they're games that normally we turn to where if we're struggling to play lots of games, we know that we can fit a roll and write or a draw and draw or whatever <laughs> in the mix. So um, um, so Cartographers is a really great one for us when we're looking to fill some time. Yes, to play a game. they're really great those ones. The thing that I like about Cartographers over something like a roll and write is that it does feel a bit more strategic it feels a bit meatier that's what i really um, like as well yes and meatier. it feels like sometimes with the roll and write it's more of a question of how abreast are you of the situation like how how where are you how aware are you of the options that you have yes and i think in cartography it's more about how good are you at planning yes because there are basically round objectives that you have to plan for that you know are going to come in rounds one to four mm-hmm. and so part of that is also planning your your drawing around what's coming up so I quite like that as a as additional I think there's a bit of a pattern there with that and Stella is it kind of adds a little bit more strategy on a short game that we can manage yes. to get to the table and one of the things I loved about it I have to say for playing a lot of X and Y's is that you actually interact with each other. Mm. So many of these games, you kind of do something on someone's turn, maybe you get their leftovers or you do something, but it's often it's 
roll a bit of in the middle or draw something in the middle, then everybody chooses from that. And it's kind of, there's not really any tomfoolery in terms of with each other. In this one, in cartographers, you're actually drawing that when a card comes out, it allows you to draw on other people's boards, mm. which is just great fun because it means you just mess up their plans and, and like cause trouble for them and, and, that, and they have to then react to that. And I think that's great. It's a little bit of player interaction, but I think it's really great. Yeah. I'll stop talking about... Did you say it was by? I think I said it was by. Why are you whispering about I'm it? Sure. I think I'm pretty sure I said it was by Thunderworks. Um, but let's stop talking about it now because it wasn't published this year. So. No, it's been cheated. So the next one then on the list is Back Down on the Earth from my space themes. It is Ride the Rails by Capstone Games. So Ride the Rails is a train game. And in Ride of the Rails, you, of course, yes. And I, I think it's, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's, not, it's not it's not like a ticket to ride on like on like next level, but it is kind of that vibe if you look at the map because the map is America. I'm pretty sure it's all of America. Certainly, definitely the East Coast. And what and you're what you're doing in Ride to Rails is you're trying to get passengers around the country. You're trying to move people around the country, and these new train companies are popping up. And you're basically trying to these companies do well, and it's got this interesting element where you're, each player might have shares in those companies, so actually you might be helping other players, and you're trying to obviously deliver these passengers around. And it's got it's like it's really like it's a it's like a pick up and deliver game. So mm. picking up picking up the person, taking them to wherever their wherever their destination is. But then it's that kind of thing of it being like you're also trying to build these tracks and build these routes, and you're trying to make sure that. I think it's one of the few games that we've got. It's a kind of share investment style game where you're investing in things and then you're seeing how that dividend returns to you yes. over time. Where it's like, okay, I need to do this to complete this person's route, but it's going to help this player because they own the blue company or whatever it is. You know, yeah. It's going to be, they're going to get some money. Which I think loads of really interesting ideas. And it's obviously, the, the train theme works really nicely for that. Visually, it's like really interesting when the tracks start building. That's always one of those things yeah. I really like. We don't really have any games where the economies are codependent. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's yeah it's like what I like about that is how it all ties together how it's like you you incentivise to do something even if it's going to help someone else but then you obviously want to be careful how much you help other people and it's that kind of thing but it's a bit more real life isn't it yes exactly sometimes game economies for players can be quite siloed yes and that's designed so it's players aren't frustrated by giving their opponents too much resource but it is it's, I think it's a really cool different approach a really cool different approach and, and like I say visually fantastic I love I love a board where it starts with like little on it and then you're building things on it and like things stay there and they've got different colours on them for, for different things I just I think that's always really fascinating I find that a really fascinating style of game yeah. uh, but it looks lovely it looks it looks really effective when the map goes out and all the colours are on there it looks really it looks really great yeah. um, but yeah this, this one starts with three players so bear that one in mind uh, but this, this was really really fun yeah. when we played this one really and enjoyed this one uh, this capstone Capstone Games. They're good eggs. The next one on the list for me is an expansion, and it's Role Player Fiends and Familiars. And this is by Thunderworks Games, like Cartographers. And so, woohoo for Thunderworks Games. Woohoo for them, they've been featured twice in our list. I know. Um, And this expansion you bought pretty much straight away because anything with a familiar in is just going to your jam. To me, is completely my jam. Strawberry, raspberry, blackcurrant, the whole whole family are here. and so Roleplayer Fiends and Familiars is a adds depth to roleplay and in roleplay you are rolling dice to supposedly to build a character but really it's a game of dice matching and luck and strategy and yes. trying to closely align to um, targets that you've been set. Yeah. Fiends and Familiars adds to that by adding a familiar to your character which would be an animal companion and they give you some little extra mm-hmm. bonus or ability which is really cool there's a lot of opportunity for role playing ha 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 and 
kind of characterization there and then you also have the fiends option which is um out in the central area and that's where the fiends can attach to you as a player and start causing you to lose points or they restrict you, your movement they? yeah they know like you. you oi you you're slow and you're like oh man and they get you down <laughs> they do they get you down it's like hey now be kind and so there's not much more to say on role player fiends and familiars other than if you enjoy role player it's a very nice expansion to have on top of it and I think that we would probably play with this one going forward we probably we would probably play with all the expansions active it's, it's yeah. that kind of it's not it's not too complicated I think it adds it's like it's, it's, it's then all together make it you know, a complicated game but a complex game yeah. so there's quite a lot of yes. fun and if you haven't heard a role player before and you like the sound of um, having targets set for you that you then have to achieve through a combination of luck and skill and strategy then you should definitely check it out because I think it was one of my surprise favourite games of I think last year yeah, we were really surprised how much we enjoyed it. We were like, oh, yeah. we, we've heard this is good and we like dice rolling yeah. and, and that kind of drafting kind of style I, thing. I, I, I completely like... underestimated how satisfied I would be by yes, being able to by pull maths. off. Yeah, yeah, by maths. There we go. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It's a great choice. One of my favourite expansions of the year, actually, probably, yeah. uh, that actually came out this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so my final game then, on my list of 2020, and this is hot off the presses we only played this a couple of times recently mm. so it's hot off the presses is Merv The Heart of the Silk Road by Osprey Games woohoo woohoo indeed so Merv is a oh goodness how best to describe Merv it's a it's kind of worker placement in it's kind way. of worker placement sort of sort of your it's kind of your kind of your kind of moving around this track around the outside of the board and you're placing a you're placing a you're, you're performing an action it's action selection on a modular board so you're, so you're picking an action and that might trigger you to gain other gain resources and, and and what you're trying to do is basically balance doing you've only got 12 turns and it goes by really quickly you're trying to balance doing lots of things to basically score the most points to contribute to the city of Merv and help it become prosperous and successful yeah. and all these sorts of things but it's being attacked and destroyed so you've got to help defend it as well lots of different things you're trying to balance and it has got that element of you're balancing all these scoring elements. So you're collecting certain resources, you're collecting spices, you're collecting, you know, you're create, creating trade routes, you're, 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 going, you're, you're sending your sort of people off into certain directions, you're, you're getting, gaining influence, you're building walls, you're doing lots of different things. Yeah. And it's got that kind of, you know, what's the right combination of things? That's not, that's a hard question to yeah. answer, but it does a really good job of being like, nothing feels necessarily too strong or too, um, yes. you know. It's one of those things where it's, it's kind of a little bit like Pipeline when we played that. Yes. We got to the end of that and we thought, we should have done some things differently. Yes, yeah, we and both think, didn't do very well. And we're like, oh, yeah. okay, that's what we should have done. Yes, I yeah. think in Merv, it's a case of like, I think for me, I tried to back all the horses and I was like, I should have concentrated on maybe one or two of these horse. Yes, it's, exactly, exactly, um, yes. And so it's an interesting one. It's one of those games where you play it the first time and it's like, this has not been optimal play. I must play it again. So it's it's a bit compulsive in that way. Yes, it is, yeah. And I, th- I think that the... Um... The, yeah, you're completely right about that. It's that kind of yeah. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I wish I did the other. Yeah. And what it's great is it's got this really interesting mechanic where like a couple of interesting mechanics around the moving around the board where mm. you're moving and then you trigger a, a row or a column depending on what, what what side you're on. You trigger a row or a column and you get 
you could trigger you could trigger yourself as a player based on certain buildings you might have out that will get you certain armies, or you could trigger another player which might give them something, but it will give you things. So it's kind of yeah. you're trying to create these combinations of colors. But then if you do, it creates a desirable thing for your opponent, which may or may not be good. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting, and it's also got this really interesting mechanic where whoever's in the last place gets to move, will be last place next turn, but they can pay to jump the queue to get to first, yeah. and that's what I think really interesting because it's like the player who is. Nothing's fixed. Yeah, nothing's fixed. So actually coming last, if you've got the option, might guarantee to go first. Whereas going first, being the head, might not be guaranteeing you're going to be first next round. I think that's a really interesting kind of tension point on there. Yeah. Um, And definitely have to do a shout out to the artist, Ian O'Toole, who does such a good job in making so much information look so beautiful. It's so visual. So uh, is there a single word written on the board? I don't think there is a single word written on the board. It's that kind of it's that kind of thing where it's like yeah there's not a single word written on the board it's all symbols icons yeah connections together and yeah it's it's uh, yeah. yeah really really effective really yeah. great really, really highly great. coloured looks yes. um, brilliant on the table as well it does it? yeah it does yeah yeah nice one Murph. Murph yeah and so this is the last one on the list yes yes it is yes and it's Mariposas published by Alderac Entertainment group and designed by Elizabeth Hargrave who I'm sure many of you are familiar with and Mariposas is a really interesting nature story in which you guide monarch butterflies on their journey along eastern North America. So this is on their migration as they move across um, North America. And Mariposas is quite a snappy game. So it plays for 45 to 75 minutes, but for the two-player game, I think we were done, like, we were 45 minutes, weren't we? That was definitely that end of the spectrum, which was our first play. Two to five players, and... In Mariposas, you are drafting cards which give you various options for butterfly movement, different types of movement, and then you're trying to do the most um, efficient moves according to the round objectives you have, um, any personal boons and gains that you have. For example, you can try and collect uh, sets of colours, which will then get you a bonus. But it's more about uh, kind of point-to-point movement, moving across the board and managing your colony of butterflies, which you can grow um, to try and score the most points. Uh, It's a really visual treat on the board. It's uh, highly coloured. The board is quite generous. Like, you could probably shrink it down a little bit. You probably could, yeah, but Um, it's nice and generous. But it it is nice and generous. It's very easy to get an idea of the, the kind of the shape of play. The only thing that I have a bit of a problem with about Mariposas is the direction of migration doesn't feel fixed even though the game does funnel you in one direction and so it feels like could i go off down here my little butterfly pal and do this but which theoretically you could but you're rewarded for moving upwards and onwards yeah i think that's the thing there's a couple of options to go off the left or off to the right but actually going north north east is the is the kind of you're kind of funneled in that direction, yeah. and yeah, I think it would be yeah. It's, it, and you and there are certain like object, objectivity style things and game yeah. bonusy things that come out that put them punish you for not doing that or reward you for doing that. So it kind of yeah. makes it virtually a punishment for the players who don't do it. Yeah, so it's yeah. A, yes. yeah, which makes it feel like there could be something in maybe if there's ever an expansion for this for there being exploration across the board in more yes, yes. Um, remote areas but still a really mm. enjoyable game super easy to get to grips with if you're looking for something simple um, if you like butterflies the box alone is worth buying this game for it's a real um, it's a really striking yeah. design yeah. on the box um, and yeah very nice, easy play. That's our, that's it then. That is Story Funny in a nutshell with the limited games that we play. Yeah. No, we played quite a few, but the limited games that we bought. Yeah. Um, and I think to be honest, most of the games on that list that we end up liking, we end up purchasing because we like them that much. Um, but yes, it was a, it was a strange old year for gaming. 
It was. Um, I think what is great though is there's still plenty of games out there for people to play. There's yes. still what looks like publishers are still publishing. You know, thank you for every, all the publishers for their continued hard work at getting things out and navigating. You know what is now complicated shipping and supplying people with games that they love to play. So, in a way, it's you know it's it's been a weird old year, but it's heartening to be in a community that prioritizes bringing people together mm-hmm. and you know having a good time in spite of everything going on. Let's talk about what we've been playing, what's been on the cards. Oh my goodness. And what's going to be on the cards. Oh my goodness, so many things we've played, so many things on the cards. Yeah. It's that time of year, it's time of year we actually get a chance to play some games for once. Yeah. So what have we been playing then? We have played so many games. Star Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion. That went to a deadlock draw. Yeah, we oh. we No, it doesn't matter. What? I thought I heard I thought I heard an alarm going off, but it wasn't an alarm going off, so it didn't know me. Okay, calm down. Played for deadlock draw. Yeah, we kind of broke this game a little bit. Well, yeah. at the end of the game you revealed that we'd been misplaying something. Slightly, yeah. So that was a bit of an issue. And then we got to the point it's a bit frustrating with big games like that where we got to a stalemate of like we're not sure what the rule is. Yeah, and we, we couldn't can't find work a direct out what the answer. rule is. And but either way we play it could swing the victory for either player, so we shook hands and said We'll yes. let the Empire and the Rebellion coexist for now. Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of those ones where you know you could have interpreted the rule both ways, and even if also it's one of those where because we then spent about half an hour debating and discussing this, even if we think the ruling may have gone in the fav- my favour, it still wouldn't have been enough to actually end the game because yeah. it because of because of something that you were able to do. Therefore, it would have been like another one, minimum one, but probably two more rounds. Yeah. And it's like and we've been playing for four hours. four hours, and then obviously this half Start, an hour discussion kind of like, took the wind out of ourselves yeah. a bit. So it was like, and also, let's call it a draw. We had decided to play because we're sadists. I was rebelling on a Tuesday evening. Yeah, I know. Like we've got. I like started at like seven o'clock, so yeah. we were like, let's go. It was so, like eleven o'clock at night. We were like, Ooh. this is too much. Yeah, but we thoroughly enjoyed it though. It's we good, do yeah. thoroughly enjoy it. It's it's a really fun play if you like Star Wars and you have a two two enthused players it's yes. a, it is a really fun one to play but um, I think I did pretty well at the you did much um, better at the Empire. Empire this time you were much was, more aggressive yeah, you I were was, very aggressive actually you were kind of scarily aggressive yeah. you got into it quite a lot yeah. and you enjoyed it and you were shouting Rebel Scum at me <laughs> I didn't shout Rebel Scum at you so we played that we've also played Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle, yes. Interestingly, we played yeah. that. and Which that we was... um, really enjoy. Every year we play Twilight Struggle. I think it's probably not going to be one that we play next year, but give it a bit of breathing room. Yeah, we played I it, think... I think, for five years in a row. Yeah, I think we have. And, and and whilst that sounds like not very much for some people, like a game a year, playing one game once a year for us is actually quite regular. Yeah. That's regular for us. So it's like, yeah, actually, we... Um... But I also think <laughs> Twilight Struggle is, is a two-player game in which you're moving through passages like determined passages of time you're not going to play that differently every yeah. time you play we've so now played both sides several times yeah. so therefore we know how it kind of works what yeah. i will do what your opponent will do how, like, what's going to happen what yeah. what the strategy needs to be but like, still so fun oh it's, it's still great but i think it's one of those ones where actually it needs to be a couple of years and we forget about the cards and what they do and how they work and how they interact because it's like yeah you know we've got other Bigger two play, bigger games that are like don't get to the table as much, and I think like that's one where we, it's definitely worth the point in our collection. It's still one of the better games I've played, but yeah, yeah kind of the, that regularity of it yeah. is like. Well, we've, we've got so many other games. We have exactly, yeah. But the real hero, the real hero <laughs> of Christmas thus far has been what? Bananagram. Bananagram. So Bananagram is a stupid um, <laughs> word game. Literally, all it is, is a bag of stupid word game. It's very clever. It, it's a bag of tiles. In a banana. In a banana, for some reason, because why not? And basically, you empty the tiles out, and you have to like make a crossword of words. You have to make a grid of words. And the first player to the first player to 
the first player to make all of their words, use all their letters, when the game trigger point happens, Mm -hmm. wins the game effectively. So whoever that person is, they will win the game. Uh, And we play, it's very quick, very replayable. I was surprisingly good at this. I was surprised how yeah, I was surprised how good at this. Although, although my it was funny because what's interesting here is clearly, you tried to gain banana grams. Well, I did manage to gain banana grams in. I worked out how to win banana grams. But the thing is here, what's quite funny, we are two very different styles of play. There are 144 tiles in the bag, and Lottie, who is a who is a you know masters level English student, um, a very exceptional in in, in, the, in that field. Ended up, with, ended up with and very good at, and I always get out to check my spelling and grammar because it's, mine's awful and uh, <laughs> I, but all every time we played it you ended up with about using about 50 letters we had different and I ended up about using about not, all the rest I pretty much used and, yeah. and, and you so we played it three times you won twice and I eventually won because uh, it was, like, it was like, the first time it was nowhere near because I took away too many letters the second time it was really close and I was like we have to play again because I know how to win this now <laughs> and I basically worked out the optimum amount of letters that I needed to take for me to be able to spell my words out and I was able to spell my words out you just say well and I feel the way that you've spoken about this for five minutes straight is you're impassioned I'm impassioned with anagrams yeah. although now I've kind of like worked out the optimal strategy I wonder how that I wonder how repeatable it will be yeah because I'll be there just doing my because you were obsessed yesterday yeah. when we were playing also because it's like I'm quite fast at solving puzzles so yeah. it's kind of that kind of like puzzly element of you I was literally whizzing away getting these like little using all these letters and it was just like yes your approach was get keep drafting tiles until I get the letter I want and my approach was make words with the letters I've been yeah, given yeah my approach was get up, get get like get to about 50 letters because I'm going to need to use those letters I'm going to need to have if it's 144 letters all with, basically in the two player game all but one tile needs to be gone something silly so it's like basically all the tiles need to go then my approach is get I'm going to need to use probably at least 60 maybe 70 at least given how slow you were to do things I, I, I was like how slow I, I was but I didn't, like, you, weren't, you weren't churning through the bag so I was They're like I'm, supposed to churn, I'm need about, so I basically just drafted my way up to 70 like quickly and then just started using those to start spelling myself out yeah. that was my strategy you did um, well and it, you did it very worked well. in the end it worked I only had to give you quick spell checks a couple of times that was I had to do a couple well. of them I had to check if some things were words you didn't believe me on a few, a few occasions you were like well you couldn't use it in a sentence that's not you had to risk it doesn't say that. in the banana grams rules can you use it in a sentence and I could use it in a sentence the word I'm choosing is this word that's can using it in a sentence what it was? huh can you remember what it was? Uh, jink. I had jink was one word. Jink. Uh, so the word I'm using is jink. That's using it in a sentence. There you go. Okay. Well done, you. So that was Bananagrams, which we're really enjoying. It's super it was cheap if you want to play. Yeah, it also, it plays um, for one to eight players. So if you're looking for a travel game or something to play with a larger group that's quick... And friendly Easy, to all levels. Family friendly, yeah. Even no word even non worders like me can win it. So against yeah. against expert worders. Do you meet up under the bridge? Non worders. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, we do. We we talk about how we can beat the expert worders at word yeah. games. We also played a round of Merv as well. We did play a round of Merv recently, yeah. Um, try and get our head around all that symbology yeah. and um, try and get better at it, which was a good fun, interesting, a good yeah. fun game. Um, what else have we got on the cards for our? Oh my god, we've got everything and anything on the cards, haven't we? We've got what else we've got on the cards? We're going to play clinic. We've got at the table. We didn't quite play it once. So we're going to yep. try play clinic. We're going to play villagers. We're going to play probably scythe. I would have thought over Christmas. We're going to play. Some other games that we're going to play over Christmas. Um, we've got a few on our list. We've got we? quite a lot on our list. I can't even think of all the games we've got on our list. We've got so many games on our yeah. list. It's a list beyond lists. We've got a, we've got some time, and we're going to fill it with board games we and are. cheese and cheese. Board games and cheese yeah, and snacks, and then become good. just potato cheese board game people. Why potato people? I don't know. Are we going to eat potatoes? I probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably. Okay. Well, I think that's everything we have to say. For Goodbye, twenty twenty. Goodbye, 2020. We'll see you in 2021. We'll see you in 2021. With a brand new episode and 
sh- sparkly shininess. Yeah, it'll be sparkly in your ears, whatever that feels like, be uncomfortable. Um, and in the meantime, have a very restful uh, December as much as you can. Stay, stay safe, safe yeah. stay well. Um, all good wishes to... Good wishes. Our really lovely listeners. We love you being here. And yeah, we, we look do. forward to talking to you again in 2021. Goodbye all. Bye. Conclusion! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>